This is all Mountain Media. Something Cryptid This Way Comes is a production of Old Mountain Media. The expressed opinions of guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Pacific Northwest Sasquatch Shadows, Old Mountain Media, or Something Cryptid This Way Comes. Pacific Northwest Sasquatch Shadows presents Something Cryptid This Way Comes. Hi, I'm Michael Montoya, the artist behind the drawings of Bigfoot, and you are listening to Something Cryptid This Way Comes. Welcome to a special episode of Something Cryptid This Way Comes, The Interviews. I'm thrilled to welcome Michael Montoya to the show, someone who is not only a colleague in the community of Sasquatch, but has become a friend as well. Michael is a tattoo artist from Arizona and has spent the last number of years meeting with eyewitnesses and creating some amazing drawings based on their descriptions. As you will hear, this is not just about recreating what someone has experienced, but it goes deeper. Michael is actually helping people come to grips with what they have seen, with what they have experienced. There are links in the episode notes to all of his incredible pieces of work, and I highly suggest subscribing to his Instagram and YouTube channels, both under the name of The Drawings of Bigfoot. To watch this show in its entirety or listen to the extended uncut episode, consider joining our Patreon. For only $5 a month, you'll get access to so many goodies, including uncut and raw interviews, both audible and visual. It's definitely worth the price of one cup of coffee. Cheaper, actually, if you think about it. Visit our Patreon today at patreon.com slash Shadows. Lots of merchandise is available for our members, so don't miss out. And now... Michael Montoya from the drawings of Bigfoot. Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming and jumping in on this channel. I'm really excited for today's guest. This has become a friend of mine. His work is fantastic. It's unique. It's a niche. And uh, so I want to welcome Michael Montoya from the Drawings of Bigfoot. Uh, Michael, thanks for being here. And I have to say how incredible your stuff is. I mean, it's just mind-blowing to me. And, and when I kind of started this whole process of, you know, I grew up here in the Pacific Northwest, which we have these <laughs> so many sightings and, and culture, and it's become something that defines the personality of our state and Oregon as well. Um, your stuff just pops out at me because it seems so personal and real. And uh, so I just really thank you for taking the time to be here to talk a little bit about what you do. And uh, I'm looking forward to this discussion. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the kind words and thank you for all the support you've showed me, you know, not yet. And, and uh, I really, really appreciate that. I genuinely do. Absolutely. It's a, my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure to do that. And thank uh, you, you know, for having me on. Yeah, we're all in this together, right? We all come at it from a different point of view. And I think that's pretty cool. So if you haven't checked uh, Michael out on YouTube, 
go to just type in the drawings of Bigfoot. We'll talk again about this at the end. There will be a link dropped below. You can just click on it. Uh, and also, if you're listening, because we have listeners today, because this will be on a podcast, uh, we will be describing some of his artwork and we'll get very um, detailed, I should say, because you may just be listening and you won't be able to see it. But that being said, I will put some links in there as well so you can go check out his artwork, go back and listen to it and kind of look at the, the drawings that we're looking at. I'm really excited for this. Uh, so, Michael, uh, before I jump in, I've got a set of questions that I love to ask guests. But before I do, if you would, just kind of a short little brief intro to you and who you are and all the good stuff. Uh, my name is Michael Montoya. I'm a uh, tattoo artist and uh, amateur filmmaker based out of Tucson, Arizona. And for several years now, I've been drawing Bigfoot. Uh, I got into doing uh, composite sketches, working with witnesses, doing composite sketches of creatures that they've seen in the woods as well as the desert uh, a, a couple years back. And uh, yeah, and since then, I've been working with people from Arizona to California to Washington, Colorado, you know, Alaska, all over the place. And it's, it's been, uh, it, so far, it's been such an incredible experience. It's a, it's a very unique way. It's a very unique way of, uh, I, I don't know if research would be the right word, but just of learning, you know, learning about about the physical appearances of of these creatures by way of of the witnesses sure sure absolutely and i i'm assuming that because you go around and talk to different people that every story is unique um but that there's kind of this overall feeling of wonder is is i guess that's the best word that i would use um because i i just think it is full of wonder and when you're doing something so detailed that you do and we'll talk about the process in a little bit I'm assuming that you did. Well, let me ask you this. Does, is there one in particular story of somebody you met? And we'll, we'll just hit this right out of the bag here. Somebody that you met that the story just popped out and kind of blew your mind a little bit. Yeah. I mean, a good chunk of them are just that. It's, uh, it's, it's every single time you sit down and you talk to somebody, you're just drawn in. I, I hate to compare it to something like, you know, a series or something like that. But the best analogy I could give is um, when I was younger, <clears throat> when I was a teenager, this is going to age me. The, uh, the, I, was a, I was a big fan of the Arsenio Hall show. And I remember at the top of every episode when they would show the guests, I would, uh, I would, and if I didn't recognize any of the guests, any of the comedians, like, oh man, I don't even know. I don't know any of these people. Blah, blah, blah. But once I started watching it, I would always remember that I'd watch it from beginning to end. I just liked the sh like I would just it would just pull me in. And this is a lot like that. Even if, there, if even if it's something, a story of, of somebody seeing a creature run in front of them. Uh, at a, it was just a, a split second while they were driving across the streets. Mm -hmm. uh, it just seems like, OK, but how much could you really get out of that story but i we end up sitting down talking for hours sometimes um because a lot of times it's not necessarily about the story itself a lot of times you mentioned the word wonder you know the whole wonder aspect of it and that is definitely there the fact that there are all these you know nooks and crannies in our world that 
not a lot of people are aware of yet. <clears throat> it's it's uh, exciting. It's scary. It's all of these things, and uh, and it's addicting. You want to know more, and and uh, and um, so when I first got into this, there was a lot of a great deal of wonder. I got into this by way of when I would tattoo people. Tattooing for every tattoo I do, you have to design the piece, and designing the piece, I mean, depending on the the piece, could take hours, it could take days. You're spending a lot of time drawing. I'm right. drawing constantly, and while I draw, I like to listen to people talk. I like listening to podcasts. I always have my headphones on, and I would just listen to different uh, Sasquatch podcasts. And there's something about for me personally, when I'm drawing, when I'm drawing and listening to somebody tell a story, I'm like hyper paying attention. I'm really absorbing what they're saying. It's almost very meditative. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I would sit there and I'd listen and I would listen to these descriptions of the faces, of the hands, of the body, of the just the proportions, all these different little details. And I just had to get them out of my head. So I started drawing them and I started drawing what I would listen to. And then before not too long, I, I saw somebody on a Bigfoot Facebook group that I recognized uh, as a guest on one of these podcasts that I listened to. So I reached out to this person and I said, hey, this is who I am. This is what I would like to do. If you want to meet up, I'll come to you. It don't doesn't cost anything. And I just want to I want to learn. I want to see what I want to see what you saw. I want to help you put this on paper. She, and this person said, "All right." And I, I I was off and going, and you know, never stopped. I started studying different uh, different techniques of forensic artists, uh, of uh, forensic sketch artists. Their their lining of questioning, the the way that they they uh, the way they they do everything. The process of which you conduct this whole thing is is everything. It's mm -hmm. huge. So getting into this, there's a lot of wonder there. <clears throat> and, uh, and, but you learn really quickly when talking to these witnesses that there is a great deal, there's a great level of trauma that a lot of these people are, are dealing with. Again, even if it's something that they saw across the street, way down the way, and they were in a car. And it was a split second and they didn't even have time to process the whole thing. And even then there's trauma behind seeing something and your mind being rewired in the drop of a dime, not knowing how to process that you questioning yourself. Did I see that? I couldn't have seen that, but you know, you saw it. You're the right. one that saw it like, you right. know, but there's something about your brain that's not letting you hang on to that like yeah you know and when you do if you are a person that is able to i saw it i it's right in front of me i saw its eyes i saw its teeth i saw i saw the 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 veins of the grapes that were around hanging in its teeth i saw that like all these details thing there a lot of these people face so much ridicule by their closest friends by their spouses by their children uh, oftentimes they develop drinking problems. People end up losing jobs. I mean, it really, it really does a number on people yeah. <clears throat> on so many different levels. I've, I've worked with, uh, 
I've worked with children. Actually, uh, I I sent you a drawing. Uh, I, I mean, we'll get to that at some point, but I did send you a drawing, one of which is by, uh, I, I worked with a 12-year-old kid. And uh, that that one is one I've never shown before. Okay. okay. I did that. But so in terms of, you know, ones that really stick out, there are certain ones that stick out for different reasons. Sometimes it is very much the creature. Sometimes the way the creature looks certain details. Sometimes it's the story. And oftentimes it's the, the trauma. I mean, I was working with a, a witness a couple weeks back <clears throat> out in your neck of the woods. And uh, at one point in time, me and him were just hanging out. We we're just standing in this hallway waiting for somebody. And uh, he was going over when he saw this creature when he was a little kid. <clears throat> this guy's a really big guy, like bodybuilder, like really big dude. <clears throat> it towers over me. And he was just talking about it, talking about him and his dad had seen it. And uh, while we were in the hallway, he just kind of started trailing off a little bit. And his voice started getting a little kind of you know, quiet like this. And he was talking to himself. And, and he was just lost in thought. <clears throat> and it was almost like he forgot I was there. He forgot where he was. He was just in thought thinking about this moment. And then he just started, and under his breath, he just started going, I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to die. Mm. I, was gonna, I just thought I was going to die. Like I, and he was just quiet for a second. Then he just goes, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, so when I, uh, so when my dad, uh, blah, blah, I just, and I don't even think he realized that that moment happened, you know, but those moments are the moments that really, they, they you know, they break my heart, you know, that yeah. really sad. Um, so can I spin off on this for a second? Because I yeah. just had a thought and I want to know what you think about it. We talk so much. I mean, mental health is something that we're really trying to work on in this country, in the society, in this world. And I truly believe in people seeking help when they when they need it. Um, and even if they don't need it, I think it's an amazing thing. I wonder with all these stories that you're telling me it's the trauma and all of this. And, and I hear, I mean, you and I have heard other podcasts or interviews or witness accounts where there is trauma. And most of the time they say, I wish I never saw it. I wish it didn't happen to me. Um, you know, you have your other people that will go and hunt for it and then they have their experience and then they change. Wow. Maybe I shouldn't have hunted for it. You know, I wonder if there's an opportunity for people to actually because you can't really talk about PTSD when it comes to cryptozoology or, or the hidden. Yeah. And because there may, I mean, can you imagine speaking with somebody, a professional uh, psychotherapist or psychologist or, or somebody who's a, a counselor who dealing with trauma and having to say, well, this all stemmed from seeing a Bigfoot. And I just, you know, isn't that an interesting idea let me, let me piggyback on that. that let me okay. piggyback on that a little bit yeah and let's yeah. say you're 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 that person and you work for the government you work for the city you work for the state you have you have you know you work you have a social service job you have children you think the counselor is going to listen and go holy cow this person needs you know my help because they saw a monster in the woods Mm. And they need help with that trauma. Are they going to go, uh, tell me more about this monster <laughs> right. you saw in the woods. Right. You know, this person who's in charge of children on a school bus or this person who is a blah, blah, blah. You know, 
you name it. I mean, so much stuff can go wrong. You're right. It's again, where do these people go? Where do they go? I mean, you talk about adults. I mean, imagine a little kid seeing this, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's they may never want to go out in the woods again. And a yep. lot oh, of yeah. people, I mean, we're uh, people that I've heard that are hunters, avid hunters, they have given up hunting. You know, these people don't really necessarily want to go out. I was talking with um, a, a guest on another interview and he was saying how he, th- it was interesting for him. Now he's never had an experience, uh, a personal experience. And I said to him, and he's in the woods, he works in the forestry. And I said, so have you ever, when you're about to go out and you do your job and you've got to go get out in the woods. Um, do you ever have this feeling of trepidation? Do you ever have this feeling of being scared or nervous, like you're in danger? And it was very interesting what he said, uh, because he said, no, I actually uh, am at peace with it. And I compared that to myself um, because of some, uh, uh, well, let's, you know, without getting too detailed because of my own experience. Um, I grew up in these woods in the Pacific Northwest. I would go out all the time. I would hike on my own and I still do. but there's always that feeling. There's always that feeling of knowing something is out there that I can't really explain. You know, I can't explain it. And so how do I find that inner peace? And, you know, honestly, I, I, I'm going to attribute it to people such as yourself, Michael, because what we're, we're about to pop open some pictures here. And I want to talk about those because when you take a description and put it into words and then put it into drawings, where people can actually have a facial recognition or a spatial recognition. You're kind of doing that. Well, you're doing that. You are humanizing something that is haunting. And when you look at depictions from like Florida or Dogman from Texas, or, you know, those are scary pictures. You know, when you hear the skunk ape stories in Florida where people are getting pursued and chased, that's haunting. That is really scary. I just think you should take a little bit of credit for that. And you should, credit should be given to you for humanizing these beings. And, and, and that's, I think this is a great transition to now go look at what you've done. Um, but that being said, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> absolutely. That being said, I'm going to, I got to start with my favorite. This is a video you put up there. It's under a minute long. Um, ah, okay. It's called the spider drop. Ah, okay. And I should, I will, before you, I should also include that at some point I started to elaborate on the witness sketch experience, okay. um, by, uh, by, uh, doing these animated shorts. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. These animated short films helping the witness depict, uh, what they saw. And I work really closely with the witness on all the details, location, all, all that stuff. And, uh, but sometimes, I also just like to do just kind of drawing studies. Uh, for instance, uh, the the whole spider drop or the spider crawl. For those of you who have who have never heard of that, uh, there's been quite a bit of reports of seeing these creatures down on all fours, almost their bellies almost touching the ground, but not touching the ground, and their legs sprawled out like a spider like and they're crawling and you hear different ways you hear them you hear different ways of them going straight out you hear of it going like just straight up and back almost like you're just like a superman position on the ground but they're holding themselves with their fingertips and their toes all these really bizarre things but uh 
the uh, the video I think you're talking about is uh, is a video is a little uh, study I did. I didn't work with any witnesses on this one. I just wanted to, to do a study for myself, and then I just ended up turning it into a video just so I could do something with it. Uh, you hear about how limber these things are and how fluid they move, and I've heard a couple people talk about it going from a standing upright position down to this spider position with its legs fully out like a drop of water is what I was what I remember hearing it was like a drop of water just like a bloop and it was yep. just there it was so fluid so I didn't mean to cut you off but I just wanted to no. kind of fill people in you know thank you for the context and I think that's important especially if people are just listening right now you've described it in a way where I think even if there people aren't able to see uh you describe it very well. And I guarantee if you're listening right now, go check this out. Cause uh, this is the, the thing that really woke me up and uh, you know, it's, it's a very bizarre, bizarre thing. So let's, let me uh, share it here and we'll, we'll have a look at it. It was stretched out to the side on its hands and toes. It wasn't just on its hands and feet. It was like a spider. He dropped down to all fours. The big one came out to the middle of the road and he just like collapsed like a spider. The chest was not touching the ground. It was looking right at me. That's incredible. That is incredible. Um, Thank you. I, I actually am. That went as soon as it drops down. And <laughs> well, actually, before that, when when you have animated its eyes, it's standing like a statue. And I didn't animate the body at that point. But then you do the blinking of the eyes. And the pupils are jet black. Now, I know your drawings are in black and white, but even so, there's no white. Um, that, to me, it makes it more human, if you know what I mean. And, and I think that's a very powerful thing that you do with your drawings is, like I said earlier, you make these creatures, these beings, more, more human. Something that we're more accustomed to, if you will. Something that feels a little more comfortable. And I know that you're not making it. I know that you're depicting exactly what you were told. So yeah. I know you're not manipulating it. And that, I think because of that, that's what's so awesome. You know what I mean? That's what's so yeah. great. It, it, it's, Thank you. Yeah, the descriptions are, whoever's describing these to you, and I want to talk about the process a little bit as we go through some other drawings, maybe you can describe when somebody meets you, what's the first thing you do and all that. So let's, uh, let's look at a few more uh, drawings here. And again, you can see all of these on uh, the drawings of bigfoot.com. Uh, let's go ahead and look at, this drawing. Now, this one I have not seen until you just sent this to me, and it has yeah, color. So this, it has color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I very rarely do color. I very rarely do color because uh, sometimes it's hard enough to get uh, skin texture, to get all the specifics that we, you know, to get the specifics of of the hair color. Because sometimes it's very you have different patterns and all that stuff, but. A lot of times I've worked with people who don't 
get a great look at the face. Mm. Sometimes they get a good strong look at the silhouette. This specific picture we're looking at right here is was a, a was a sketch I did with the host of the Bigfoot Wilderness podcast. I believe it's called yeah Bigfoot's Wilderness. Okay. Uh, the gentleman who hosts that podcast reached out to me, and uh, we got to work together on this. And the thing that was that really struck that struck me about his sighting, and the reason why I added color was because he was very. The thing that he remembered that he really remembered was this pattern that this creature has, the color pattern. So for those of you listening uh, to this, it's. It's all done in just like a black, you know, black and gray tone, uh, like most of my drawings are. But then there is a uh, an like orangutan reddish orangish uh, hair pattern that drapes over its shoulder, a little bit over its part of its chest, like its right peck, and then hits a full head. And then everything else was, uh, he said, was either dark brown or black. And uh, so we spent. You know, he he really recognized the. Uh, actually, he had a picture that he took of 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 it up there, and it was just this stump. And I actually used that picture as a reference for the silhouette because it was already there. So I used that picture as a reference, and then uh, we spent a lot of time getting the texture, hair length, and the pattern of the uh, of the hair color right. So that's what really fascinated me about this piece was the this pattern of hair that this the color. Well, let's talk mm -hmm. about this one. This is kind of <laughs> I start thinking of Baby Yoda. I hate to say it because <laughs> you titled this the child. The and, child. Uh, well, yeah. I'll talk about this as much as I can because he's okay. somebody that want he wants to share this story on another podcast. So I'm on I'm on zip until, but he gave me permission to share the photo and okay. what I can say about it. You know, I. He saw it hiding behind a log. Um, uh, I he came to mind the when you were showing the after you uh, showed the spider drop video because you had said that I had a, you know I I tend to humanize these things. Now <clears throat> this gentleman's and I I get this quite a bit. He starts sending me pictures of my drawings from Instagram and all that stuff of stuff I've done. He goes, I just want to show you what not to do. Like oh. you draw these things and they look like people. This thing does not look like a person. You got so whatever you normally draw, you have to get that out of your head. Which when I approach any drawing, I go in with I'm blank. I don't yeah. util I don't utilize the Rolodex of of eyes, ears, noses that I that I I heard before. All that is completely out the window. Um, so no matter what, I start with the blank slate. But a lot of times people don't really. You know, they they just go off of what they see on Instagram or on my social media. And I tend to just draw a lot of doodles, a lot of my just original stuff that's not based on anybody's, uh, uh, you know, uh, sightings. Mm -hmm. And um, and so <clears throat> anyways, this person in particular, he swore ape this, ape that, not human, not this, not that. But when he would describe it, he insisted he kept referring to it as as the child as a, as a, a child he's like and then the, the the child and it was a child there it was a child i go so it was like a little it was like a little ape he goes yeah but it was it was more like a child it was more like a child hmm. <clears throat> and that's a, it's that's been a huge thing with uh 
with what I do is it's a front it's it's a master class on perception um I've worked with two different witnesses who have seen the same creature. One swears up and down. It looks like an ape. It was 100%. This was like an ape. The other person, 100%, it was like a Neanderthal man. It was very human-like. And both of them, when they both described the creatures, when they were talking about it, just the two of them, three of us were talking, they're, they're describing two completely different things. you know. And at this point, that's just when not just your general people would just go, you know, to hell with right, them. Right, this right. is when even like people within the Bigfoot community is going to go, all right, all right, there's nothing to see here, nothing to see here, move on. You know, they don't even have, they, they don't even have their story straight. But once we went through this process, the process of drawing, uh, and I worked with them individually, they weren't with each other, we weren't, you know, nothing like that. Uh, the, the end results were... I mean, I mean, they were close to identical. They were very, very similar. And I mean, one was describing the hair being one way. One was describing the hair being completely opposite. But once we got down and got into the process, it all started to take shape into what, what it was. And afterwards, when they both saw and they were looking at their drawings, she would look at her drawing that I did with her and go, yeah, 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 see, like this and this. And then they vice versa. They look at each other's drawings and go, yeah, yeah, look, look, look. And then they, they were like, yeah, that's it, that's it. And even then, this one swore it was more of an ape. This one swore it was much more of a human. Mm -hmm. We were actually, I mean, that's happened quite a few times. I've had two people looking at a, at a, at a uh, replica, a drawing, a, some kind of a, a, a digital rendering of a Neanderthal man. And they were both looking at it. And again, one was like, that's a Neanderthal. And they go, I don't think that's a Neanderthal. That's an ape. That's an ape. Perception, you know? Mm -hmm. So the whole more human-like, more ape-like, there's so many variables to that. A, there seems to be as much diversity amongst these creatures as there, as there is with people. Yes. Yes, I've heard uh, this. And I've, I've, I kind of subscribe to that. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and with that, I mean, if you have two aliens that came down from, from Mars and one saw uh, Polly Shore and the other one saw, you know, the actress who played Precious and they both went back to Mars and started talking to everybody that they saw a human and one's describing a human, the other's describing a human. And they're like, well, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. Okay, they're lying. They're lying, you know? Yeah. Um, so just the diversity of of their appearance is is you know one thing i really do see i'm i really am convinced that some are some do look more ape-like and some do look more human-like sure and then you're also bad in perception there's always the, the 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 thing of perception right so it's always a really tricky thing. And that's why I really enjoy doing this type of work is uh, you get these people that swear up and down. This was not a human. This was, I, I mean, they will go as far as say this was a demon. This is a demon. They'll tell you like, you know, because at a certain point it goes past what they saw and then it's just how they register it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then from that you get whatever, I mean, depends on the person. If it's, they're a religious person, super religious person they talk about how it's demonic and how it's this and this if they're you know more of a this kind of person then it's more about this and this and if it's you know you name it yeah. uh they're more of a spiritual supernatural person then that subscribe to what people call the woo um then you know you're gonna get 
it's people don't people they don't know what to do with this information. Nobody does. Like, what do you do with this? I mean, when people come up and ask, why aren't there clear photos of these things? Why isn't there clear video of these things? In the age of drones and the age of everybody has a small production studio in their pockets with these cell phones with, you know, freaking HD quality. Why, 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 why? The thing that sucks is a lot of these witnesses all of these witnesses have these same questions. They want to know this too. And, you know, they, they're, everybody's trying to make sense of, of this and it's just really hard to, but they'll go from, it was a demon. It's nothing human, nothing that and blah, blah, blah to no, it was like a small child. The way mm-hmm. it looked, it was like a small child. And when I, and suddenly they, they're, when I'm, you know, doing certain things they're making it less ape-like and they're so i can't speak for them but sometimes it feels to me sometimes it feels like when i've worked with people certain individuals a lot of their perception is also dictated by their experience how they felt in that moment i mean if you're somebody who believes one thing one thing only and you know this to be true because this is what your mom and your dad, your grandpa and your grandma taught you and the good Lord and this and this and blah, 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 solid, solid foundations and da, 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 pow, it's rewired in a second. How do you make sense of it? You know, well, mm-hmm. I can't say my grandpa's wrong. I can't say that guy. I can't say that. Well, then, it, you know, uh, you know it, it's such a shock to the system that right there immediately i mean who wouldn't be terrified of that i mean who wouldn't be terrified i mean that's that's and he even felt that that this wasn't the only one around um oh there's aspects to this guy's story that is so interesting like there's there's one story i heard about a man who saw one he said he swore it was a kind of ape up and down ape this ape and then i wanted the, the and the animal this ape this animal this and one then realized that he started hearing things and realized he was surrounded and uh, and freaked out and started backing up. And when he, he had a, a gun with him, he had a, a just a handheld mm-hmm. and um, he just pulled it out and he held it up into the air to show he was armed. And he was showing it like, you know, holding it and showing it all over the place as he was slowly backing out. And I asked him. I said, if you saw any other animal, a bear, a cougar, anything, I said, would you have shown the gun like that? Would you have shown it? He goes, well, no, no. Like, I was crazy. He's like, no, no, I wouldn't do that. And I said, well, why did you show it then? He said, I just felt like they were going to know what it was. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he starts talking, you know, it's not animal. It's not this. It, it was different. The way it looked at him, the way, you know. and. He could be right. He could yeah. be right and he could be wrong. These could be animals. They could be aliens. They could be, you know, they could be the missing link. They, who knows? Who That's right. Knows? This whole thing is wackadoo. You know, I mean, the, yeah. the, best, the best we can do, the best thing I feel I can do is to listen and try to do my best to put on paper what these people saw. But this this individual saw uh, a young one that we're looking at this this drawing, and uh, yeah, he referred to it as the child. 
Uh, this picture here, this to me. So when I first looked at this, I thought of a juvenile and I may be wrong, but that's what I thought of. I thought of like a teenager when I looked that's, at this. Yeah, that's what that's what it was perceived to be. Um, okay. So this is an interesting one. <clears throat> this is the one. This is one of the kids I worked with. Oh, so okay. yeah. The person who saw the person who saw this picture here uh, was 12 years old at 11. I think she was 11 at the time. And I think when I worked with her, she was 12, almost 13. So I, I worked with her, you know, less than a year of it, of it happened or a little about a little about around a year of it, of her, you know, uh, uh, encounter. So the way that this happened <clears throat> was, uh, I was supposed to be working with her parent who, uh, who was there. And this kid wanted nothing to do with this. Terrified, doesn't find this fascinating at all. She saw it just like this uh, from, I think it was probably about 10 feet in front of her. And was this one right here with an even younger one following it. And uh, <clears throat> she really couldn't t tell if it was a boy or a girl. But uh, she said that it was smaller because they saw another one. They, there was also a male, an alpha male with, with them as well, with them that they later noticed as well. And, uh, so compared to that one, this one was smaller. And she even said, even then it was, said it was like your size. It was like a little bigger than you <clears throat> as far as height. And I'm uh, 5'11". Okay. And then there was another one following behind it. And it just walked right in front of her, crossed paths, and walked, you know, down this little trail into the brush. And she said the whole time it was it was doing that, it was looking at her the whole time. Even when it was walking down a hill away from her, it was still looking back over its shoulder at her, not looking where it was going. And she said it wasn't running into any trees or anything. It was just going. And the little one following behind it, uh, said the whole time would just look down at the back of the feet of the other one, of the one that, that's on the screen here, the one that we drew here. So when I went to work with this kid's parent, uh, the kid wasn't even supposed to be there, but uh, ended up showing up uh, for because of some scheduling on, on their part, on their end. And uh, the the parent said that, there's a good chance this kid, you know, may not want to talk to me, may not hear about it, but, you know, they know that I draw, this kid likes to draw. <clears throat> I'm very fascinated by just who I am and all this stuff. So the kid was hanging out while we were having lunch and we were talking and the kid was going through uh, my iPad, which is, I drew a lot of my sketches on the iPad <clears throat> and, uh, and looked at a certain, saw a certain creature that I drew. And she started looking at it and I said, does that look familiar? She said, yeah. She said only the mouth was, mouth was wider and this was a little this and this and started, you know, and I started, I just got, I started just adjusting it right there. And she's like, yeah. And so she started sculpting it and I stopped and I said, you know, if you wanted to do one of these, we could start from scratch. And if you want to do one of these drawings the way, you know, we're gonna, we, we, you know, her parent, we can do that, you know, just, you know, let your, you know, let your parents know and whatever. And she's like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that night, 
uh, her parent came down and was like, she wants to talk to you. She wants to do this. She wants to do this. So we sat down and we did this whole witness sketch. She said that she's like, I don't really remember that much. I don't really remember that much. But man, once we got going, she was like, she was getting in the position of how it, the, the, like the posture it would make when it was looking at her, all that stuff. <clears throat> but this one was really interesting because, uh, and I've, I've heard this only two times, once with this and another one in the Washington area. Uh, she got a really good look at the ears. This one had bigger ears that kind of stuck out a little bit. And <clears throat> she said that this one, it looked like a juvenile and that it had peach fuzz. It had peach fuzz all over its face, all over its face. And that just kind of gradually blended to the, the hair on its head, which would just stuck out everywhere. And she even went as far to say that it had peach fuzz all over its ears. And that was the only time I had heard that until working with somebody in a completely different area in Washington who spoke of uh, peach fuzz, seeing peach fuzz all over the ears as well, too. So I wow. thought that was something very interesting. So when you see a parallel between two people that don't know each other, different parts of the country, and they start describing something that is incredibly similar or like a trait of, of these beings, what does that, where do you go in your mind when you hear something like that? I mean, you know, I, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's fascinating. You know, more so anything, it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. At this point, I, I, me personally, uh, I've never had an experience with uh, this creature. I've never seen one for myself. <clears throat> so, however, I am very convinced uh, that these creatures exist because of the nature of the work that I do with these witnesses. I believe them. I 100% believe them. I don't just believe that they saw something. I believe they saw exactly what they say that they saw, which is whatever this creature is we're looking at right now on, you know, on the screen. Um, I believe this is kid saw this. Me and her sat down for four and a half hours, you know, and, and uh, so uh, uh I, I totally talked myself into a corner. I forgot what. No, you're fine. I, well, let me let me guide that a little bit. So after you're done working with this. Uh, oh, that's what, right. What I do with. Right. What I yeah. do with the information. Yeah. Gotcha. <clears throat> you know, um, so. It's it's a it's one of those things is to. What what do what do what, what do you do with it? You know, where do it's not like you could take it somewhere. It's not like you could, you know. It's just one of those things. It's not like I really need this to convince myself these things are real. They must be real because this is what the kids saw in California. You know, I'm already convinced. So to me, it's just more so I start thinking about things like when, you know, you, you see people that say they've seen smaller ears. Okay. Well, you know, you say people that say they've seen no ears at all whatsoever. Was well, that because their hair is longer or if some of these creatures have ears that are covered with hair is that going to make it that much harder to see the ears um again the peach fuzz i've heard that a couple times too with the peach fuzz all over its face uh especially with juveniles mm -hmm. so again i just start thinking well what does that mean is that is that because of the type it is well because within this specific family group because this one right here was seen amongst a family group and the adult male did not have any 
hair on its face at all whatsoever. Its face was completely bald and had gray skin, um, but also had bigger ears that stuck out like this one, but didn't have peach fuzz on its ears. They were just bigger. Interesting. And, uh, Almost hereditary. So again, it's like, it looks like a hereditary. Yeah. Terry. yeah. So the, as far as the ear thing, yeah, possibly. And as far as the peach fuzz, is it because that's just its type? Is it a hairier type or is that something that falls out as they get older? Uh, who, you know, who knows? Right. But yeah, I mean, all that, I mean, you know, it sounds, uh, I, I, you know, I often say that my research into this whole field is by way of speaking with witnesses. And it, a lot of it is just that kind of stuff, finding these patterns and putting them together and just kind of, you know, exploring it and just learning for myself. I'm not taking all this and running with it saying, I've discovered, I've stumbled upon an absolute, you know, there are no right. absolutes within right. this whole deal. Every, these are all ideas and theories. I don't even really have ideas and theories. I just have a bunch of things that just seem to sync up from witness to witness that on accounts that happened completely in completely different areas in sometimes 30 years apart. And one person's talking about the peach fuzz on the ears. Others person. I've never heard that before. I've never heard that on podcasts. I've never heard that on anything like that. And that, you know, and there's quite a few things that I've heard in that respect that are just really unique and you, that just pop up here and there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's uh yeah, it's one of those things. It's, what, it's what, incredible. What do you do with it except for just try to share it and, and you know, try to share it with other people and right. hopefully that it'll be valuable somewhere, somehow. Do you feel, do you feel maybe like this was helpful for her if she was having trauma or if she was scared or anything? Do you think her expressing it possibly helped her? Uh, for this specific individual, this kid? Yeah. Um, she, her mom told me specifically that that it was really helpful in in a certain respect I, I think she wasn't allowed to have people like kids at her school weren't allowed to spend the night at her house speak like by their parents kids parents wouldn't let them spend the night at her house because that's the family that saw bigfoot you know okay. it, it was like she faced this was not a cool thing to her this was not whimsical this was something that she hated Hate it, hate it. And I think just having somebody listen and that believed her meant a lot to her. Absolutely. At least that's what it seemed like. Because once she saw that I believed her, I was listening, there was no ridicule. I mean, this kid was just, she was into it. At that point, she was trying to get it all out. Whereas before, she was just very, uh, just timid. Yeah. Uh, but as you far know, as helping her not be afraid in the woods and all that stuff, I, I, I doubt okay. it. You know, she she can't even throw out the trash in the front yard by herself in the daytime. Bless her. When, once it gets once it's nighttime outside, she has to close all the windows. She can't have any windows open. I mean, it's yeah, yeah it's really well, sad. If, if she happens to listen or her mother or father happens to listen or if she's watching this, I would just say to this individual, hold on. This is tough and everybody goes through hard things in life. And just because some people don't believe you doesn't mean it's not real. And, and I would say to, to this person, there is love and acceptance out there. 
and there are people that will listen. And Michael, you've been one of those people for her. And that's a huge, huge gift. I mean, regardless of all the drawing and sketching, which is what we're about today, regardless of that, you listening, you giving somebody an outlet. I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but from an outsider point of view, uh, that's how I would look at your art. Your art. Your art is not just sketching. Your art is giving people an answer, giving them hope, and giving them an ear and validation. And I think that's a pretty powerful thing, man. And I, I, I truly hope you can embrace what you are doing for these individuals, because as you will say, and most people will say, it there's not a lot of people dropping their full name out there. In fact, that a lot of them won't even drop their real first name, you know. And that's because of the ridicule and. You know, I've faced some other people have faced some that I know. And uh, so I'm very, I'm very tight lipped on how I talk about if and when I've had an experience, uh, just because I, I think it's for me. And it's not necessarily for the world to know doesn't mean there's something wrong with other people sharing. And we're all on this, in my opinion, we're all on this journey together. And one person's response, or just like one person's view does not have to line up with somebody else's. I mean, come on, we're all individuals, right? So anyway, I hope you can hold on to that knowing that that you are validated. If, if, if she's watching this, you're validated and just hold on. Even though they know it, I always like to assure them, like say that you are not crazy. You are not crazy. You saw what you said you saw. And I, I, I've met tons of people who have seen this and even when we're going through them we're drawing and and things like i'll i'll do the ears for rep for i'll use the ears as, a, as an example for instance if i'm drawing something they say something about the the fuzzy ear let's say and then i'm able to tell these people i've heard that before like really yeah yep mm -hmm. i've heard that i mean the connection of witnesses in that way is huge that witness no i mean there's verification for that person there knowing that somebody else saw that same type of that same little detail on something else far away you know so um so Again, yeah another start, form of validation another form it's of another validation. form of validation so yeah, yeah I, uh, so uh you mentioned you you bought this this piece thank you again for that uh if people want to buy stuff that's where you do it i'm not saying this right now to to plug it i was just more so bringing this up right now to make to let people know that none of these are witness sketches that I sure. am selling. I don't sell witness sketches ever. Sure. Well, Michael, I wanna I wanna jump into a little. We're gonna take a little break here and talk about um and talk talk about you because I think when you get to know somebody, um, who they are and what they do and why they do it and what motivates them, it's this again. And I think you and I have talked about this endlessly today. This is not about Bigfoot. This is about human experience. This is about healing. This is about understanding that there are things we don't understand that are out there. And your muse is Bigfoot, which is amazing. I think that's fantastic. So because of that, uh, I have some questions that I'd like to ask you for our listeners uh, and viewers. Four questions, four questions. Four questions with Russ. 
right. So there you go. That's my little fun. <laughs> Is that the Matrix sound in there? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Maybe it's Mount St. Helens blowing up. I don't. I don't know what's going on. Now. Oh. It does. It sounds sound pretty cool. Um, all right. So I've got four questions I want to ask you, Michael. Uh, first of all, and they're they're random and weird, and I think it's going to be really fun to talk about. So my first question for you is: Do it. What music conjures memories for you, and why? Um, I and I mean, I'm a big movie score buff. Uh, and for, I was a kid in the 80s, a teen in the 90s. So for me, John Williams is the soundtrack of my life. So, and right now I have a five-year-old and he's very into when we're in the car and all that stuff, we're listening to a lot of John Williams music. And John Williams is the, the individual who scored everything from E.T., Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Harry yeah. Potter, Jurassic yeah. Park. I mean, Superman um i mean he's just it's john williams if you uh, so yeah i would say my, john williams my favorite movie of all time in the top well i've got about three or four but one of my favorite movies is et because i was elliot's age when that came out see i'm dating myself uh, now. So and i was sitting next to my grandmother in this tiny little one town one screen theater in this uh one theater town and i remember eating reese's pieces and for that christmas i got to speak and spell and every time now, I've seen the movie literally probably a thousand times, but every single time that soundtrack comes on and it's the end when he says goodbye, it's the piano. I lose it uh, every single time. I lose it. Yeah. My, oh, yeah. my kids are like, oh, God, dad, here he goes again. Except for one of my kids you who's like, me. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she loses it, too. But yeah, awesome. OK, I love that. Next question. What is your favorite, oh, speaking of movies, what is your favorite horror movie, if you have one, and why? Man, whoo, my favorite horror movie. That's a, tr that's a, that's a tricky one. Yeah, and if you don't like uh, horror, that's okay. No, I do. I do. I, you know, I, I haven't seen a lot of, like, the new horror stuff. Again, I, I, a lot of my horror was, I'm a Freddy Krueger guy, you know, way back at, I actually, I just saw that they put Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, on HBO Max, which is probably the, that one, and uh, 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 Wes Craven's new... So, two, two movies that... I'm going to give you two movies here. One's Bigfoot-related, one's not Bigfoot-related. The non-Bigfoot-related one is there's a movie called Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And Wes Craven's New Nightmare, uh, after all... They, I mean, they went through all the Freddy Krueger movie. I think it was like five or five uh five freddy krueger movie or nightmare on elm street then there was freddy's dead so six then that was supposed to be like the end because freddy is dead right. but then uh uh west craven's new nightmare which is the one that came out after that is about freddy krueger haunting the actors that <laughs> were awesome. in the movies so all <laughs> of a sudden the fourth like, wall yeah yeah it was so so metal, like it's just it, but it's very well done. Very same writer director uh, from the the Scream movies. Okay, that was good. As far as uh, Bigfoot, I really enjoyed Willow Creek. Uh, I thought Willow uh, Creek, uh, Bobcat Goldwaith, Gold Goldwaith, and uh, uh, I thought that movie was 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 very good, uh, very well acted. Um, and as far as um, as far as a uh, 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 found footage movie for those who don't know a found footage movie is a style of, uh, like the Blair Witch, Blair Witch. project yeah like or, yeah or the, what the, was the yeah there, there's a bunch of them yeah 
Yeah, th- this footage was found in the middle of the woods. Cloverfield. Nobody or knows. Blah, yeah. blah. So we're going to review this footage of real stuff. <laughs> right, right. Type of thing, you know. Only that with a lot of found footage. Blair Witch, I remember when Blair Witch came out, people thought that that was real for a while. Uh, like they yeah. had to like, assure people, like, those kids, these people are alive and well. Don't worry about it. But they thought it was real because it was shot in a way that seemed like it could have been real. A lot of these type of movies since then. I mean, the first thing they do in the movie is they establish all of this electronic stuff so they could kind of make it look like a regular movie. Like they're like, hey, let's go through our stuff. Hey, I got a I got a GoPro. I have a I have three flying drones. I have a blah blah blah. I have a this. So now you have like a conventional setup of of any kind of you know movie. You have, you know, all the well, Willow Creek is not that. Willow Creek as a found footage movie plays incredibly well it plays like if if this footage was just found in the middle of nowhere this is what it would be like and uh i just thought so so for people that want to see like a big foot and have like a big old like a big i mean you know i don't want to give stuff away this is more (laughs) of a creative thing i think it's probably the best found footage movie i've seen okay excellent i love that uh question number three in your spare time that's not related to uh drawings and doing what you're doing and and tattooing what do you like to do what do i do what do you Uh, do or do you just do this all the time (laughs) and that's okay all the time it all kind of bleeds it all kind of sinks into each other you know me and my wife have a company sparrows and sombreros and a lot of my artwork goes to that uh so if i'm not doing bigfoot stuff i'm doing that Right. And it's, uh, I have father. to say, I follow that on Instagram and, and it's, you get some great artwork on there. I love it. I Thank love it. I think your T-Rex character is my favorite one. Thank the you. Guy with yeah. the little if short a, arms. If you're a movie fan, a film fan, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, nerd, nerd stuff on there. Love I it. recently just drew a Jeff Goldblum T-Rex. Uh, oh, how cool is, I haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few, few of these, uh, but yeah, about hanging out with my son listening to john williams you know i mean yeah i think i i i go by the philosophy of trying to create work out of stuff that i enjoy doing like what is it that i do anyways and how do i you know find a way to 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 get paid to do that i love it i love it okay last question this one's a bit deep if you could go back to any time in history where would it be or what would it be and why? Any time in history, man, as a, as a true Bigfooter, <laughs> Bigfoot enthusiast, <laughs> yeah. say, I'd probably go back, you know, it, 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 uh, it, it, to, to Bob and, and Roger on their Willow Creek <laughs> expeditions say, Hey guys, you don't know me. But uh, I, I want to join you. Can I come? <laughs> Can I, I don't come? need to get paid. I don't want in on any back end of this documentary you guys are filming. I just want to help you guys for free, and yeah. uh, I just want to. I just want to tag along. It's right. Sounds horrible. You could yeah. probably. I could probably go back and witness the birth of Christ. But part of me is like, you know, it'd be pretty awesome to go back and well, and, and uh, the whole Patty thing. But think about that. You know, it's like, such a controversial film. That to be able to witness what that whole thing was about in first person. Taking on a life of its own. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely. almost like beyond Bigfoot. It's almost beyond Bigfoot. But the thing that's crazy is that people 
people look at this and hang on to it as if if this is proven to be a hoax, that means that Bigfoot is a hoax. There is such a tie to this for people. It, it is like you could, you know, you say it's fake. Those are fighting words for people. You yep. know, people yep. get very, very angry with you. To question right. that is to question Bigfoot. And uh, so, yeah, that that in the JFK I almost said like, that one. I almost said JFK. That was if I it's agree with taking you. taking on a life of its own, you know, and when it comes to, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's, I don't know whether Patty's real or not. I, I have heard everything that everybody's heard. I know I just watched a documentary last night called Making Apes. And it's literally a documentary about the making of the planet of the apes, specifically about the makeup effects it's about the makeup artists of the planet of the apes and they okay. talk about that stuff and they bring that up because that's like one of the number one arguments that people use as far as the technology of the this and this was not available even this the stretchy fabric that you would need to make a suit like that i mean yeah for me i don't know if it's real i don't know i wasn't there i don't know bob gimlin i never knew roger patterson i don't know it's Damn interesting. And let me tell you what, if by some chance it comes up out definitively that this is fake, you know, uh, it, it, for some reason, like it's just it's out there. It's proof. It is fake. I would be way more shocked that this film is fake than I would be if it came out definitive proof that this thing is real. If it came out right definitive on. proof that this thing was real, I would be like, yeah, OK, right on. That makes yeah. sense. That's right on hell yeah bob that's a, like yo man and but if it came out with fake i'd be like where are you getting what? this like you, i i'm gonna need some i show me show me you know because right. i'd be way more surprised if it if it were fake one of the biggest arguments for that film is bob gimlin is he the man is beloved uh the man you know, I, I he wasn't he, was, he wasn't for 30 years. He wished it had never happened to him because yeah. he was ridiculed and his wife was ridiculed, you know, yeah. and he lives a two hour drive from me is where he lived. But, um, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. and I, I believe he was even offered two million. I, I don't know it was one or two million, two million dollars to quote unquote admit that it was, you know, that it was a hoax. And, yeah. uh, again, Bob Gimlin we'll is it. not a wealthy. He's a rancher, you know. Yeah. The guys are right. He would break horses, he, you know. He, you know. I mean, if anybody's going to jump on that, that would be the time to do it. That would be the time that this film of theirs would pay off. You know, is right there. Get that two mil. But he didn't. Right. That's right. He you know, didn't. He yeah, didn't. I mean, there's I, again, like I said, I don't know because I wasn't there. And if I had the the DeLorean, that that is probably where I would go to tag along with those two. Yeah, but again, I love that. I if, love that. If it turns out some by somehow some way that it turned out that it would be fake, I would be way more shocked at that than. Whereas I wouldn't really be shocked that it would that it turned out to be real. It'd be more like yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Look at the hip bone. This new 4K resolution thing. Look at the hip bone. <laughs> as this thing stepping you could see you can see that and that the more the more this thing is put under the microscope the more solid the foundations become you know right. it's not like right. the, the deeper and deeper you look into this the more and more it's looking like it's it's fake 
it's like the more and more I, you know, you tend to look into this, there's more and more there to support that this thing is really what they're saying it is. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. All right. This segues into the last little section of our time together here. And so another couple little questions here. All right. <laughs> so that's my, that's my segue into two last questions. First one is, what do you think they are? What do you think Bigfoot is? I can't answer that, but some people can. And I yeah. want to give you the opportunity if you wanted to try. Hmm. This is how I always T-bone this question. First off, the answer is, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I, uh, I often talk about when it comes to this creature, these creatures, I feel like a cat trying to understand the way the internet works. Mm -hmm. I'm looking, I'm, it's like, I see this little mouse on the screen, right? And I'm trying to bat it to try to catch the little cruiser on the screen. And I'm even looking behind the screen to see if I can catch it back there. But I, you know, there's so, it, there's just an element of this whole deal that is so bizarre. I have no idea what these things are. I have no clue. Um, however, what I do know, why, what, well, if I can't say what I do know, but what it, what does appear to be the case is they don't need clothes. They don't need toilet paper. Uh, I say toilet paper because look at what happened to, to every grocery store once this pandemic hit. Like that was the biggest concern. Like that's where people went toilet paper. Yeah. Like, oh, 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 oh. like <laughs> I gotta wipe my they, ass. These, what guys, do I do? these yeah. guys don't. Yeah. Like these guys don't need toilet paper. They don't need fire. They you they don't. They're able to. I mean, they're just so one with the woods. Us, we can't survive anywhere unless we are able to take take it over the the ground level the underground level the skies you name it the airways like we spread i mean so much so to where like we freak out if we don't have toilet paper to wipe our asses you know bigfoot don't have that kind of thing whatever whatever bigfoot whatever these things are i mean they're nothing compared to the weirdness of us. What the hell are we? You know, like they're, we are a very odd that whatever they are, they're natural. They're incredible. When people say it's un unnatural, it's unnatural. Yeah. It's unnatural to us in the sense of we're not going to see one in the grocery store looking for toilet paper. We're not going <laughs> to see one, you know, like right. doing whatever right. things that we consider to be natural. And, but at the same time, it's clearly not some type of your your average animal. Uh, so, you know, but so, yeah, you're I mean, so when people talk about this thing being like it was just unnatural, it was unnatural. Well, yeah, to us, because I'm one of these people and I might get a lot of hate for this, but I feel like we're the most unnatural species on this whole planet. Like in as far as this whole planet goes, we are bizarre. We are bizarre in our cars and our little airplanes with our clothes, funny little hats, right. these different things. It's like, 
I mean, we have reality shows to see who could survive in the wilderness. The law, you know, <laughs> and know. it's impossible. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's just we are so bizarre. To me, whatever these Sasquatch creatures are, they're natural. They're natural and they seem to belong here and they seem to be able to occupy different nooks and crannies of this world that we just don't even know of. Yeah. Right. To me, the bigger question is like, what the hell are like, let's let's look at the, the people in the mirror and kind of look, go start there and go, yo, what's going on here? We need to get a grasp of who we are oh because God. our place, our place in life is all manufactured it's synthetic everything you know we're having a conversation over the computer like the jetsons for christ's sake you i know, know? It's I, like, would you have ever dreamed you know, of your kids that this could happen no yeah of it's just, like, yeah so um whatever these are i mean they are at home here they are at home as are we but we just don't seem to be as natural or coincide with the earth as naturally as they do. You know what I mean? I think we're the weird apes on the planet. I hear we're the weirdest apes on the planet. So that leads me to my very last question I want to ask you today. Do you think we should have hard proof and evidence of these beings or should we leave it as a cryptid undiscovered or unknown as it is now? Or should there, or do you wish there were less sightings and, and accounts? Um, being come from the position of, you know, my position, working with the people I've worked with doing what I do. There's a part of me that, that of course wants to say, leave it alone. Uh, it, you know, don't, it doesn't need us. It doesn't need us to survive. It doesn't need our help. Nothing like that is just well without our interference. Why bother them? Why get one? And, you know, who knows what they're going to end up doing with it, sticking it in some kind of facility, zoos, whatever you name it, all that horrible stuff. You know. um, but then there's another part of me that thinks about the people I talked about that have lost jobs, lost spouses, lost family, lost everything because they saw something and nobody believed them. Like people lose their lives over this stuff. They lose their sanity. They lose so much. They lose everything. And yeah. what that would mean to people for this to be able to come out. Suddenly, the person that everybody is talking about at the water cooler pointing like this, suddenly everybody at the water cooler is like, come over here, come over here, tell us, tell us. You know, suddenly they would they would want to know, you know. Yeah. I just think about these type of people, the kids, the kids I worked with, what it would mean for them to have grown-ups. Maybe at that point there would be support groups for for people you know so for me i understand you know i understand uh wanting to leave it alone it's nature it's, there's something that's beautiful about it being untouched there's something very romantic about the mystery of the whole thing but it's very romantic to me specifically cuz i've never had one right in front of me almost making me piss my pants you know right, right. um it's, you know, it's it's uh, it's one of those things where you're like, well, if I was in this situation and, da, 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 and this is what I would do and I would do this and I would do, I do this and I do my parkour flips and other, it's like, man, you you these people just shut down. And these are real. I mean, a lot of these, are, you know, are these hunters and these very macho types and that aren't really afraid of anything, you know, and it just does something to people. And 
for it to be acknowledged somehow, uh, even if they were to acknowledge it, I don't think people are going to be able to go out there and catch one still, even still, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, it's right, like, right, good right. luck. Like they're they're They do great protecting themselves. Um, but yeah, that's where my mind goes. I would, I would hate to see it come to light for the sake of the, the creatures, <clears throat> but I would love to see it come to light for the sake of the witnesses. Interesting perspective. And that's really well thought through. I love that. I think that's a great place to leave it today, Michael. Um, I can't thank you enough, uh, not just for coming on and, and for the friendship we've built over the last few months and such, but just your respect for other people. And, you know, I think you have touched on it and I've touched on it, you know, in this quote unquote Bigfoot community, there is a lot of quote unquote experts, you know, um, who 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 is an expert what makes someone an expert uh and i don't think there will ever be an answer to that but in the meantime what we can do is validate people and make them feel like they are worthy make them feel that they are supported make them feel like they're not crazy regardless if we agree or believe or anything it doesn't matter let's let's get past this point where we can start making people feel good about themselves i think that's huge where can people learn all about you, get some of your artwork and check you out and learn more about you? Uh, drawingsofbigfoot.com as well as the Drawings of Bigfoot on uh, Instagram as well as uh, YouTube, the Drawings of Bigfoot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I, I would suggest everybody go there right now. There will be links uh, down here in the comments as well. And I'll put them also on the podcast book in here. And again, if you're listening right now and you were not able to tune in to see the YouTube uh, episode of this or the video, please do. Because watching Michael explain what we're looking at adds a whole nother dimension. So don't forget to tune in wherever you do get your podcast. Something Cryptid This Way Comes is my podcast uh, from Old Mountain Media. And I kind of paint with words michael paints with drawings and i think we just need to all paint the world you know and i think that's you know an opportunity for people to to get in and experience stuff uh so michael thanks again i can't tell you how much it means to me and i'm really glad that we're keeping this conversation going and i have a feeling we're going to keep talking even after i stop recording here so (laughs) thanks again and uh and such a pleasure to talk to you yeah thank you have me back anytime i'm always uh yeah a lot of fun All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Something Cryptid This Way Comes, the interviews. Today's episode is a shortened version of the full interview with Michael Montoya, the artist of the drawings of Bigfoot. You can view this episode online at PNW Sasquatch Shadows, the YouTube channel, where you'll see Michael and I discuss his drawings, the process, and many other unique aspects of his work. You can learn more about Michael's drawings on Instagram at The Drawings of Bigfoot and his YouTube channel at The Drawings of Bigfoot. If you'd like to dive deeper into Michael's process, what he has accomplished, and learn more about his unique approach to sketching these beings, I encourage you to become a member of the Pacific Northwest Sasquatch Shadows Patreon In the uncut episode, we discuss a soldier's account who faced a large group of Bigfoot with his orders to round them up, some other discussions of important paintings that will change your perspective, 
and an eyewitness who is setting up a support group for those that have had an eyewitness account. You'll also hear about Michael's interaction and work with her as she portrayed her own experience in Northern California. Tiers are only $1 per month with six different options. For $5 a month, you'll get access to these full audio and visual interviews without cuts, along with many other benefits and goodies, such as members-only t-shirts, shout-outs, stickers, extended episodes, Zoom and Discord invitations, and some episodes that will only be available for patrons. Plus, as a writer, I'll release transcripts of previous episodes, along with a blog about my journey and your journey and the curiosity that bridges the gaps. And best of all, you'll be helping to support this unique show so I can continue making and gathering experiences and stories just for you. Go to the link in the notes and check out patreon.com slash PNW Sasquatch Shadows. Special thanks to independent film supporter and musician extraordinaire Moby for his use of this song, Sliver, during this episode. You can learn more about Moby's music at mobygratis.com. If you have a unique story to tell, would like to be featured, and even just want to be part of the team, send an email to russ at ommstories.com. Don't forget to subscribe to PNW Sasquatch Shadows on Instagram, visit the link in the bio for all the goods offered, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, PNW Sasquatch Shadows. See you next time. This Way Comes is a production of Old Mountain Media. Visit us on Instagram at PNW Sasquatch Shadows and Facebook at Old Mountain Media. Something cryptid. This Way Comes. comes. comes.